Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, maps for recognizing and responding to God in my story, Sharon Swing. Greetings, this is Sharon Swing. So glad you decided to join us today for another episode of the One Life Maps podcast. Today, my guest is Sherry Hudspeth. I've known Sherry for quite a few years that we've been doing Listen to My Life. She's one of our early uh, people that engaged in facilitating Listen to My Life with other people. And Sherry is a spiritual director and um, just a long-term friend. So hi, Sherry. So glad to have you with us. Hi, Sharon. It's so great to be with you. Um, We have had such a wonderful friendship around this opportunity called Listen to My Life. So it's fun to get a chance to spend some time talking about it together today. Well, one of my favorite things about doing Listen to My Life is actually the people that it attracts Mm -hmm. and how the people that it attracts uh, like each other. (laughs) (laughs) So true. (laughs) It's like you don't, you don't find, you don't find people like this on every street corner. And if you did, you wouldn't know it. Right. It really helps you identify kindred spirits. Yes, it seems like we have a good attraction mechanism in that, yes. in, in that way. So thanks very much for, uh, for finding us early mm-hmm. on and hanging with us. So in any case, let me start by asking you, Sherry, about your spiritual uh, past, about mm-hmm. your childhood, and what kind of picture of God did you hold early on or were you handed? Yeah. Yeah. I love to talk about this. I I was born into a family where I had um, a mom who grew up in the big city and a dad who grew up in the country and their church experiences were very different from one another. Um, Mom was more of a high church and my dad was more of a low church um, experience. And we Um, It was in Kansas, and my dad's career was as a banker, and we were living in small towns, and so that meant in order to kind of go up the ladder of responsibilities within the banking world, we moved around a lot. So every two or three years, we were moving. And so my dad would visit the churches in town, and the way he would have put it at that time is he was looking for who was preaching from the word versus from the newspaper. This would have been in the um, 70s and 80s. And so I have a very eclectic background. I've been in Methodist churches. I've been in Anglican churches, Episcopal church, uh, something that felt more like a Baptist church. Like I... I think when I was in seminary, I counted up in the first 18, 19 years of my life, I'd had 13 different experiences in the church. So what, how did that shape your picture of God? Yeah, I think that it helped me not put him in a box. Mm. Um, That was the gift of it. And also my parents were very Uh, passionate about missions. So not only did I have the influence of what was going on in, you know, Kansas and Colorado, but also what was going on around the world. And the stories that would come back from that would be very different from the thing I was living out in my everyday life. So God was big. God was um, saving his people. And I wanted to know what he wanted me to do, where he wanted me to go, how he wanted me to be a part of that. That was probably my number one question for God as a young person. Hmm. 
did you sense that God was leading you as mm. a as a child? I did sense that. Um, there were there were circumstances that happened where um, the explanation is God stopped it and redirected me. And what I love about that is I was so young in my faith. I was so young in my formation as a person at all that um, he needed to do that for me. And he did that. And so there, there was protection and redirection when I wasn't following that path. And I mean, that's so cool to think about too, because my heart's longing was to be someone who was following his path and his ways. So you grew up believing it was possible to be led by God. I did. Yeah, do you still believe that? I do. I mm -hmm. do. And how do you, how do you experience that um, as you participate as a, as a spiritual director in other people's stories? Mm -hmm. How do you help people listen for that? Yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite things. Um, biography has always been a favorite thing for me. And so uh, as a spiritual director, I get to spend time every week s sitting in the biographies that are unfolding of people's lives with God and watch what he's doing that's um, surprising them, that's frustrating them, that's um, helping them to let go of something that needs to be let go of, that's not you know, um, seeing him well or correctly and embracing, embracing who he actually is and joining him in who he actually is. And that always moves you forward into something. And yeah, I get to watch that unfold. Hmm. That is really interesting. Now, for people who don't know what a spiritual director is, mm -hmm. why don't you say a few words about that? Yeah. One of the ways that I describe that as succinctly as possible is that um, God is always extending invitations to us. Um, he loves us. He wants to be with us. He's inviting us to join him in, in the life that he has and is giving to us. We get a choice as to whether or not we want to join him in that invitation or we want to resist him in that invitation. And most of the people that I meet with um, are genuinely curious about those things. Why am I resisting God? What's going on here? And wanting to explore that. Um, and it helps to have a sounding board for that exploration. Um, and other people are um, discerning how to join God and feel a specific invitation. And they just want support in moving into that thing because it usually requires faith. Um, and it's nice to have a companion along the way when you're stepping into something that requires faith. Mm. So someone who listens with a spiritual uh, intention mm -hmm. to help people recognize and respond to God. I think, you know, that's the, that's part of the subtitle of listen to my life. And that is how the words that we've chosen to, to describe that kind of interaction with, with um, mm -hmm. what the spiritual life is about there, recognizing and responding. And sometimes it's really hard to do it just inside your own head or with your own journal um, and trying to figure out, okay, how is God leading me? But to be able to hear yourself speak it out to a spiritual director, my spiritual director has been so helpful for me. 
um, over the years in helping me to recognize and respond to God. In fact, last, the last session I had with my spiritual director, um, I w- there was a couple things that happened that I was just angry. Mm-hmm. I was just angry and justifiably angry, but I didn't want to live it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't want to hold it and all yeah. because I knew that my anger was getting in the way of being able to listen for God, to be able to recognize and respond to him. Because mm-hmm. when there's stuff like that going on, I'm very likely to have that kind of noise in my head and in my spirit that just doesn't allow me to <laughs> recognize that God might be directing me. Yes, and, yes. Um, so to listen to what was going on, but also then help me, she helped me enter into um, using my body to mm. to recognize and then release the the anger and then be able to sit in the peace where I might be able to recognize the God of God's presence. Yes. So I just, I, I love that, that kind of helping that happens in the midst. Of it. So it's a little bit different than coaching for those of you who are listening and wondering. So how would you describe the difference between spiritual direction and coaching? Mm. It's always such a fascinating thing to talk about with a coach, right? Because I'm totally curious what you would say about this as well. Um, my sense of of it is that when someone's wanting to meet with a coach, there's a specific direction they have in mind that they're wanting to move towards. Like that vision is already there and a coach helps them go through the practical and the spiritual looking at what's holding them back, what's helping them, what would support that process. Um, and that, or that they are in a place they don't believe they belong in anymore. And a coach would help them identify where that next place might be. And um, what about their story helps inform what that next place could be. And how is God speaking into that? Uh, and a spiritual director is noticing God like in anything and everything and um and and helping helping someone trust what's happening in their relationship with God and with others connected to that that's all interconnected um yeah how does that strike you as yeah I think uh, a lot of times coaching can be a little bit more directional Mm-hmm. Um, but not always, because mm-hmm. a lot of times I flip into more of a spiritual director mode mm-hmm. than just as a spiritual director can can go with the flow if someone has a particular discerning forward kind of kind of need mm-hmm. in that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it can kind of flip back and forth a little bit. Um, but the, the directionality of a, of a coaching experience, um, when people are at a crossroads or feeling stuck or whatever else, um, a coach may be a better choice, but, uh, but just that, just that desire to just sit with God, no matter what is happening. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it, there's a, there's a beauty 
in that as well. Both are great listening mm-hmm. professions. And, yes. and, uh, and so anyway, those are kind of interesting, interesting pieces. Maybe we all have to do a, a little, uh, another episode sometime and have a coach, a counselor and a spiritual director and have that conversation all over again. I like it. Yeah. So, but anyway, I wanted to ask you about, um, about your experience using listen to my life mm-hmm. and, um, what stands out to you about how you experienced it? What was, yeah, what was useful for you? Mm-hmm. Um, one of my initial reflections after going through the maps the first time was how holy and good the invitation to remember is. And and I had the experience of sitting in this remembering of my, of my story for a significant amount of time. And all the scriptures where God invites um, the people of the Old Testament to remember, you must remember, um, felt very real to me. And we forget. If we don't remember, we forget. And and I was so grateful that someone had invited me to spend time remembering with God. And the other thing about the remembering is that it gave me a chance for some hindsight and some 2020 vision that comes from remembering that's like, you're not just remembering the thing that's just happened, but you're remembering the whole story with God. And um, it, I needed to be able to see what God had been doing throughout my story at the time that I was invited to do the listen to my life maps the first time. Yeah. I think I've heard people talk about it in terms of needing to remember how God has shown up before so that we can trust that he'll show up now. Right. um, Is part of the transaction Mm -hmm. that seems to happen. Yes, yeah. so true. And then also the the loopbacks in the storyline mm-hmm. to um, help us remember how we were made, but also re- remember how we get tripped up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, and well, that there actually has been a progression that's happened in that looping back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm my ability to trust, my ability to recognize it as a temptation and resist that and embrace God that's evolving over time. Right. There's differences between having experiences and having wisdom. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the wisdom comes from that remembering and processing and, and making sense of, and I, 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 one of the things that I've come across um, is that people want to feel that their lives are coherent. They're trying mm. to, t- their lives are trying to tell a coherent story. Yeah. And sometimes people don't see their lives as telling a coherent story mm-hmm. and it's crazy making. Mm-hmm. And there's a lostness and there's a wondering, does God even have a direction for me? Mm-hmm. Does does there, is there a God that even cares about the storyline of my life? And um, reviewing your story has that kind of way of helping to make it coherent that um, helps other things to fall in place spiritually 
in terms of how you see yourself, how you see God, how you see yourself as a part of his story. What do you think of that? Oh, I'm like, oh my gosh, he does care. Like that was one of the things that happened for me as I was remembering my whole story. I was like, he not only cares, but he's really good at this. <laughs> like, <laughs> God is smart and wise and he knows me and he knows what he's trying to create. And I can see he's doing his job. Like that's happening. And, um, and I had spent, when, when I came into doing Listen to My Life for the first time, I had spent five years where God was, was leading me into something new. And he was just asking me to obey the next thing. He wasn't giving me vision for what that new thing was yet. And when I came to do Listen to My Life for the first time, he had just given me vision for it. And I was able to see that that five years of not being willing to tell me what all of this was about was good for me. It was mm. good for my relationship with God. And it was going to be good for the people he was going to have me serving going forward. Oh, tell me more about that. What was the circumstance? Well, um, my soul friend um, Jody Nisnik uh, had just taken on a position as a pastor at Irving Bible Church and one of her first responsibilities was to host the Listen to My Life retreat that was coming and um, I've said this so many times but she has never been she was never bossy before this moment and she's never been bossy since this moment <laughs> But she called me and she's like, Sherry, the stuff that you've been talking about the last five years, like it's all over this material for this retreat. She's like, you have got to come to this thing. And then she even dropped the materials off at my house later that afternoon. And I, you know, I opened it up and it's beautiful and it's full of amazing questions and all the resources at the end of each map are referring to books that have been just prayer partners for me. These authors have been help to me in, in recent years. And so, um, so I, yeah, I was so excited to sign up and be there. And I will never forget, Sharon, it was at the end of the first evening and there was like a pie social thing um, going on for people to be able to kind of chit chat and decompress before we went to bed. And you were sitting, you entered the room later than, you know, how it was all, it was going already for a little while when you entered the room, you were sitting clear across the room from me, you were sitting at a table all by yourself. And I was just like, oh my gosh, Lord, this feels so connected to what it is you're inviting me to do. I really want to go over and talk to her but I don't, I don't want to lead. I want, I want to follow you and whatever you're doing right now. And, and basically after just confessing all that, I felt permission to walk across the room, introduce myself and have a conversation um, with you. And one of the things that happened in that conversation was I told you that the Lord had just revealed to me that he wanted me to spend time with people teaching them to pray some of the new ways that I had learned to pray. Mm. And I um, had said to God um, in that first month of conversation with him about that, I don't care if it takes me five more years to figure out how to do that. I'm so excited you've given me something you want me to do um, that it just, it doesn't matter. Even though I've been through five years and it's felt long, I don't care if it takes five more years. <laughs> 
And then as we were talking, what came to light was that actually you've been working on this project almost five years to the date, like the five, six year time period. So while I'm sitting there begging God to tell me what to do and how to do it, he's preparing a tool to hand me that helps me understand my own story and what he's been doing in my story and then turn around and be able to offer that to others who are learning how to pray these prayers of attentiveness, recognizing God in my story and cooperating with him in it. Yeah. And I remember that conversation. I so remember that conversation. And I remember us sitting there and you were almost apologetic for coming over to talk to me, I remember. And, um, and you were telling me a little bit of your story. And I remember um, you expressing your desire to use this, the listen to my life materials with others. And I'm like, okay. And the look on your face was almost like, did she actually just say that? <laughs> My dreams are coming true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we that's why we made them the way we did was to hand them with to people like you that would know what to do with them. <laughs> and, and you told me enough in that short period of time. I'm like, yes, these this Sherry is the kind yes. of person, the person, and one of many. <laughs> this yes, is, this is this is who we want to have. Um be able to use this in whatever form is useful for the people God brings you. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to design something that would, had enough elbow room for whomever is the coach or the counselor, or the spiritual director, the facilitator, whatever you want to call it, to have their story enter in to why this was important to the group mm. they wanted to serve. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so for me, it was also an answer to prayer. Yes. That's the best <laughs> moment, right? Or both people can see prayers being answered at the same time. But I remember how, how, uh, how surprised you were at my response. Uh, what you didn't quite be, what, what you, what I don't think you were able to comprehend at the moment is how excited I was. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> about that so yes and that was probably what 15 years ago it was 2008 so 12 12 yeah yeah we've been at this a while sherry yes yes we have been we have been so tell me about the peak experiences map for you that's mm. one of the things we had talked about earlier mm -hmm. yeah hmm the approach to it was so incredibly refreshing the invitation to think of a time when you were little and you got lost in time and and it, it wasn't achievement oriented at all in fact you gave us permission to avoid thinking about things that were achievements um, and that was so inviting to me 
And one of the things that um, came up for me is um, I love of biographies. And I had this memory um, come to me of being in the fifth grade. We must have been, you know, it was like our library time once a week. And there was this section of the library that was just full of biographies. And I would go and it was back in the corner and it was down low where I kind of felt like I was in my own little space. And I would I was just sit there and I would just look through all the names, seeing if I recognized any of the names and, um, and pick a book. And, and I realized in the combination of doing listen to my life and how story oriented it is. And this passion for biographies, that's always been there. Um, always wanting to know, where I come from, my history, my faith history, and how that's even influenced who I'm becoming and what I have to offer other people. Um, th those things came together for me in doing the, the peak experience map. That's, that's awesome because you know, it, it's, it's like there are little breadcrumbs of clues mm -hmm. yes. in that for most people along the way. And it's so awesome to be able to let people identify many and then actually process eight of them then look at those yeah. the possible themes but as they talk about them because that as they talk about them piece is a lot of times the part where either they can see the themes themselves or someone else says something about i wonder if there's a connection between this that and the other yeah and, yeah. and these light bulbs go on that somehow give people a handle on, on their storyline in a different way. It, it, it starts to feel a little bit more coherent. Yes, yes. The other thing that came up for me the first time was um, my love of puzzles. Mm. And I was like, it, it was so fun because you just have this moment where like that cohesiveness thing you're talking about like things connect and I had been a CPA before I entered into seminary and most people respond with well, that doesn't make any sense you know but I could see the connection was I loved solving puzzles that's why I was good at accounting and I love solving theological puzzles that's why I would loved being in seminary mm -hmm. and then you combine story with that a few years down the road when the Lord starts inviting me into becoming a spiritual director I was just like it's all right there together um, I get to watch someone struggle with the puzzle of their life and the Lord bring them the pieces and start to form a picture and put it all um, together. And it's just a sweet spot. I love, I love those moments. So asking great questions as a spiritual director mm -hmm. becomes part of the interaction that is so important and the puzzle you know, basically, if you don't even know what puzzle you're solving, you don't know what, what question to ask sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But do you ever sense that God's leading you to the next question? Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. I, it's so interesting because I, um, my desire is to sit in a very listening posture and just let the question come. And so I don't actually feel like I'm working at forming questions. I feel like I'm receiving questions mm -hmm. and offering them. And then we just 
see what happens after that. Um, so the way that it's different from putting a puzzle together that's a jigsaw puzzle where, you're, where you have the picture, in this scenario, you just get to see the picture being formed as it's being formed one piece at a time. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know what the puzzle picture is going to be. You know it's going to be good because you know who you're following. How true is that? Oh, my goodness. And, and sometimes I get the feeling that the people that, that, I, that I coach using listen to my life and those puzzle pieces and all sometimes I can see them before the other person but to let them discover it is what is needed I I can't tell them what I'm seeing the puzzle coming together for and that's that's oh my gosh that takes so much restraint sometimes And, and discernment, because I think some of the times that's, um, that can be a moment when times I feel like the Lord invites me to be a little bit more of a coach um, in the sense that there may be times when God invites me to name a piece of my story that we're just looking for. If I name this, do you recognize it as your story as well? Mm-hmm. And if you do, then it it gives them something to hold on to, to stay paying attention to it with the Lord. Yeah. And, and the, I wonder if there might be a connection between Mm -hmm. this and that. Right. Sometimes how the question gets formed. Right. So you Um, offer it gently so they can say, no, like I actually don't resonate with that at all. Like I love it when they tell me that rather than mm -hmm. try to make it work (laughs) when it's not work, you know. So, so reading biographies and puzzles and what would, do you remember any of the others from mm-hmm. the Peak Experience map? Yeah. Um, I love team sports. I love being a part of a team uh, that, that wasn't really a new revelation to me in the sense of my history. Like I, that is something I would have told people before I did listen to my life. Mm-hmm. But what was new to me about it is you need to keep honoring how much that matters to you. And you need to keep asking and and cooperating with the Lord when he's providing team for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because being a spiritual director, I mean, you can, you can do, you you do almost all of your work via Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Or the phone. Yeah, or the phone. And so it's, it's, it, it it's something you have to keep in check mm-hmm. to make sure that you're, that you're looking for that. Yeah. And the other passion, I guess where that shows up too, is I have a real passion for spiritual formation coming into the church and the process of that. Mm-hmm. And that's more the place where the Lord has allowed me to be a part of teams that are paying attention to that. Oh, it's so important because church programming, you know, we so often talk about this in, in, in our group, in our, in our leadership team, and, and that churches need to create programs for masses of people or lots of people. Mm. You know, depending on how big the church is, the bigger the church, the more programmatic the, team need, the, the, the church needs to be. Mm. And when it gets down to the point in a person's spiritual journey 
where um, they need this kind of one-on-one or this kind of personal digging into their own story kind of thing, it becomes, um, it, it, it's a little bit different than working with the masses. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So one of the things that happened for me and going through the listen to my life process that the Lord crystallized for me is that during seminary, I read the book that a lot of your uh, listeners will be familiar with called The Critical Journey. And I, when I read that book, I was like, oh my gosh, who interviewed me? And I didn't even realize it. Like I could not believe how in line it was with my story. And um, a part of that book talks about the fact that you're going to go through this season where you're going to have these doubts and it, it can be an overwhelming season to the point of it feels like everything's falling apart. And that's absolutely what happened to me. And um, one of the things that that moving through that, um, past that wall and on the other side of it, I was like, oh my gosh, my community didn't have anybody that understood what I was going through. Um, they, they loved me and they, they tried to listen to me, but they didn't know what to do with me. And I was like, oh, Lord, you're equipping me to be that person that when that starts to happen in the journey, I can come alongside them and be with them and be a listener for them and point them to you. Um, And that, yeah, that solidified for me going through Listen to My Life. Yeah, so that that wall, hitting the wall experience that's described in um, Janet Hagberg's book, um, the critical journey. Um, that's where a lot of people that work at churches are, but they can't admit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because they're church professionals and they have to kind of toe the party line and everything. And, and so when internally your faith is, is dramatically changing in terms of how you see programmatic um, offerings from a church because what you need is something so different than that at that time, but yet you have to run those programs mm-hmm. because that's where you work. Yeah. And I feel so um, much compassion for, for especially church pastors mm-hmm. who hit that mm-hmm. because yeah. it, it's such a, such a dramatic um, pull. Mm-hmm inside of them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that somebody's losing their faith, but all mm-hmm. of a sudden the way they've been handed a picture of God and been preaching a picture of God starts to shift on them. And they know that all the people around them are counting on them to speak it the same way mm-hmm. or to do it the same way. Mm-hmm. And the crisis that ensues um, is quite dramatic. And so I'm so happy that so many more spirit, so many more pastors and people that work at churches are familiar and okay with the idea of having a spiritual director, being in, in counseling, having a coach, you know, yes. having people in their lives at that kind of, of one-on-one, let's sort it out kind of level. Mm-hmm. And it's not just pastors that hit the wall. Right. Just, that's just the most dramatic position to be in. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> when it happens. Absolutely. So very, very important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there anything else that um that you want to say about um oh what about how you use listen to my life with other people? 
Yeah. What's that look like for you? Hmm. Um, it's been very different and I love that about it. I think, I think that's another thing I discovered about myself, how much I love variety and how my, how much energy I get from creating things a little bit differently. So sometimes it's looked like more uh, like a Friday workshop that goes on for four straight weeks, you know, in my house. Other times it's looked like um, a long weekend um, retreat. Uh, so it's been, it's an incredibly flexible to, tool. Um, other times it's been one-on-one -on -one in spiritual direction sessions where we just are doing one map at a time. And uh, one of the things that I have found so valuable about offering the maps is that um, I call it the um, time machine effect. <laughs> I, I feel like you, you're reflecting on your story, so you're going back and looking at something. But where you are today is a different place than you were when you were going through that circumstance the first time. And it's like you take who you are now and you get to go back to that place and you get to relive it or experience it from a perspective that you're now able to hold. Mm -hmm. And then you come back forward into the present day able to live your life from that place like it literally changes how you see and live from that point point forward and I was like oh my gosh this is like very similar to all these time machine stories that people have been writing you know all these years um, but it actually happens and I was like god how how is that a thing and it's like well god is you know, he's eternal yesterday, today, and forever. And, and there's in some mysterious way, he's able to interact with me in my past experiences, reframe them, heal me, um, help me get to know who he is that I didn't know then. And, and then move forward with all of that. Um, from here and to watch that happen in groups over and over again and what mm -hmm. the freedom the the joy the hope that comes from that experience has definitely been part of what's compelled me to continue to offer it yeah, I, I think embedded in what you're saying is helping people to review their story and actually tell themselves a different story about their own of the events in their story yeah um, maybe get a view from God's eyes yeah. about what happened yes. to be able to forgive yourself for something that happened. Yes. Sometimes it was simply just not their fault. Right. And, right. And just things that, well, so I overheard somebody, so-and-so say something about me. And then I took that on as, mm. as, as, being true about me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and or whatever else and to be able to say no that was never intended mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. to take on and live out of that story mm -hmm. and yeah. um and so we, we talk about um in listen to my life and in story work in general um this take with leave behind thing you know like mm -hmm. it's sorting out your story deciding what to take with you and what to leave behind with god's help mm -hmm. you know and and sorting out pictures of god that we've been handed that are just less than accurate yeah or how people used god to 
to manipulate someone Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then going, no, that wasn't God manipulating me. That was a person Mm -hmm. (laughs) that wanted me to behave a certain way or be a certain thing. And, um, or, or, or talk me into the fact that, that God was far more of a line judge than he is someone who wants to live in me and through me as he made me to be. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's so life-giving to be able to reconsider those things. And it's not just the, when a new idea or a new thought comes our way that we automatically change it. But a lot of times the key is to go back in our story and say, where did I pick that idea up in the first place? Mm-hmm. Right, right. To be able to let it go. Yeah. And, and then everything you're just describing, I'm just thinking, oh, Lord, This is the, when God said, I want you to teach people to pray the way that you've learned how to pray. Everything you just described is praying. It's, it's looking at the story with the Lord, talking with the Lord about it, listening to what the Lord says in response um, to that. Um, And it was a way of praying that simply wasn't happening in the circles um, that I was hanging out. Um, in before and and asking questions being honest about the answers with God that's praying Um, reflecting on how the day has gone and being open to being taught and um, guided in a new direction that that's prayer is a part of that movement and it's just so exciting to introduce people to that kind of engagement with God. What are the favorite books you recommend to people in order to help them along that path? Mm. Mm. Uh, Invitation to a Journey um, and the follow-up, The Deeper Journey, were very helpful Mm -hmm. for me. Um, I, um, Richard Foster's book on prayer has all these different kinds of praying and, um, I recommend that and hearing God from Dallas Willard. If you want to explore different ways to pray that you haven't, you haven't done yet because it, it, they articulate, um, what the gifts are of the various ways of praying too. And I wouldn't even recommend like starting at the beginning and reading through a book like that. It would be more like perusing through it and see if you get drawn um, to something new. Mm. But I mean, when you think about how many different ways are presented in those books for us to be able to recognize and respond to God, um, it's, it, it feels a little bit different then, for example, my uh, Missouri Synod Lutheran upbringing, um, praying looked like clasping your hands mm-hmm. and, um, and having someone recite a prayer. And um, there, were, there were certain prayers for certain situations. Mm-hmm. And there was a collective prayer in a, in a, in a church service. But, but, um, and there was, a, there was an emphasis on knowing Bible verses, but not necessarily on anything that related to um, how is that intersecting with my story and what, what might be the invitation in it. Um, Cause those would have been more introspective questions. And, um, and it was more about memorizing it 
from what I, how I took it. Mm -hmm. It may not have been that, but that's how I remember it being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden you get introduced to this, to this way of being contemplative in the midst of just reviewing a day mm -hmm. and finding that that's prayer and um, asking questions of God and, and waiting to see if there might be a prompt in mm -hmm. the midst of that. Yes. Um, yes. There's just, there's just these, these ways of, of being able to help yourself get in the flow of being able to listen for what God might want to nudge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really loved the end of my life now at the beginning of the very process when you're uh, naming your lingering questions. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love teaching people that process. And one of the things that happened for me was when I looked at the whole story, I could see the lingering questions that had been there and that God had, had met me in those and answered those over time. Mm -hmm. And it also settled me into less angst and more trust with the timing and the process of those lingering questions being answered because I had looked at this history of, oh, God does meet me in these questions. So this one that I have right now, I can trust that God's going to meet me in this one too. Mm -hmm. And turning lingering questions into prayer, mm -hmm. that it's not just a question I ask myself, but mm -hmm. it's a question I, I, I ask God in the midst of my life. Yes. It's an ongoing conversation yes. and that the, that naming the lingering question helps us look for the clues mm -hmm. along the way, mm -hmm. assuming God is, is active in revealing responses to that lingering question, but tuning myself into that frequency mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the yeah. midst of it. Yeah. Such a big deal. Oh, yes. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for the good conversation. Oh my gosh. Thank you for inviting me. It's been wow. fun. I love doing this. I just <laughs> do. <laughs> so thank you so much. Is there anything um, we need to know about how people can contact you if they're interested in spiritual direction? Yeah. Um, you could go to www.soulcare.com. Um, I'm involved with a group of both spiritual directors and coaches um, there. Uh, and even if you have questions about the difference between those two things, we love to help out with that too. So if you're looking for spiritual direction, you know, please um, connect with me. But if you're looking to explore what these things are and discern what God might be inviting you into, I'd love to have that conversation with you. That'd be wonderful. Yes, that's been Sherry Hudspeth and that's soulcare.com. And you'll see more in the show notes. So thanks again, Sherry. Many blessings. Such a good day. You. you too. Bye-bye. This podcast is sponsored by OneLifeMaps.com, creators of unique visual life mapping materials titled Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. Go to OneLifeMaps.com to purchase your Listen to My Life portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's OneLifeMaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E 
M-A-P-S.com. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with others. You can help support this podcast and the work of One Life Maps by supporting us on Patreon. Go to www.patreon.com slash onelifemaps to pledge $5 or more per month and get weekly audio meditations to help you recognize and respond to God in your story. Thank you for tuning in to the One Life Maps podcast. Until next time, make the most of this one life that you've been gifted. Thank you.